This is Margaret Cookman Frankowitz with another episode of Diabetes Survival. You know, sometimes the best news is actually sent to your inbox in your your Yahoo account or your Gmail or wherever you get your mail. Sometimes you get that news where it's like, okay, you know, I needed to know this today. It's just basically one of those uh, stand up to your rights type of days. So stand up for your rights. Okay, so anyways, uh, this is the message I got, and I thought it was kind of interesting. So 35 uh, U.S. Navy SEALs have stepped down because of, uh, you know, the fake COVID-19 vaccine mandate that Joe Biden said that we all need to get. Well, these Navy SEALs said, no way, this goes against our religious freedoms to choose, and since... There are aborted fetal cells within this vaccine. We're not going to take it. Yes. Right on, Navy SEALs. You know, I'm, I'm there in solidarity with you guys. Um, you're amazing. Navy SEALs are just amazing anyways, okay? They, they put up with, they do the really hardcore, you know, stuff. So, um, the thing is, is that it's really sad that, um, like, more than likely, these guys are going to get fired because of it, and, you know, there's a lot of good people that have lost their jobs, and Navy SEALs, they go through some of the most strenuous, most ridiculous stuff I've seen, like, you know, what I've seen in the movies, anyways, that's what I'm going off of, and I'm like, and there's some of the nicest guys to talk to as well. So, I mean, I'm like privileged to be friends with one actually. So, um, the fact that they're trying to force this mandate down people's throats, I mean, you know, you gotta come to that, that stand. I mean, some of you guys have to come to that stand. Some of you have already had it and some, you know, cause you felt that you really needed it. And other people are just like, uh, no, uh, has not gone through the proper testing procedure. Uh, there's a bunch of politicians pushing it through. that have no business in medicine and we're not stupid and we're not guinea pigs. So, I mean, you know, I certainly wouldn't inject uh, acid in my veins or cyanide or what other poisons you can inject in you. Why am I going to just inject myself because somebody's t- telling me to do it? I mean, I'm just saying, I'm just throwing it out there, you know, make your decisions. A lot of people have already made their decisions if they were going to do it or not. So, um, I'm kind of wondering what the next steps are, you know, like, I don't know, either elect everyone who has not taken the vaccine into office because obviously we can think for ourselves, or are you going to throw us away in jail because we are the people that you know, um, are preventing you from moving forward because we actually can think for ourselves or the rest of society. So, I mean, you know, there's always that, um, you know, of course you have your own free will to actually choose. I mean, through the process of elimination, let's say half of, um, everybody knows how to, you know, make their own decisions. Uh, but a quarter of that, of those people have decided to take the vaccine. The other half said, uh, no, I'm holding back until, you know, six years past seven years and see how this actually affects people before I take it into my own body. Because, uh, well, you know, these people, we know that our bodies are a temple of God, you know, for a Christian, 
Um, and so, um, of course, we are concerned about what we take into our bodies. We do not take anything into our bodies that we are not 100% okay with, right? So um, we do the best what we can. So when a source has revealed that, yes, indeed, there are fetal cells in the uh, vaccine, which I have uh, personally have been concerned about, uh, because I'm not into the aborted anything because, uh, well, we'll talk about babies. I'm not into aborted babies because I think that's a really sick practice. I think, uh, you have to be pretty sick in the head to, uh, have your child ripped out from your body. It's my opinion. I'm entitled to my opinion. Um, you may have a different opinion. That's fine, but I don't believe in murder. So I'm just going to put that out there. So if I'm a horrible person for doing that, um, then whatever. I, I don't know what else to say, but I don't think I'm a horrible person. I think it's because I'm pro-lifer. I am 100% bonafide pro-lifer. Uh, so anyways, with that being said, um, I don't know, like, I, and this is to talk to the pro-lifers. Obviously, if you're not pro-life, go ahead and turn me off because, you know, this, this is just going to infuriate you. And I'm, that's not my intentions by any means to infuriate anybody. But um, one thing that I have noticed amongst, and I'm not saying all pro-choicers are like this or anything, but they are really vicious. And uh, when you make a statement such as I'm pro-life or whatnot, I mean, you just totally get teared down as a pro-lifer. And... Um, you know, at one point in time, I was a Democrat, and uh, I believed that being a Democrat stood for you're making your choices. You're not aligning with anything. This is what I understood uh, being a Democrat was for a very long time, is because we're the rational people who actually um, rationalize with the, the right and the extreme right that we can come to a conclusion because we know just like Republicans know, you know, moderate Republicans that any extreme from the left or the right is going to be damaging to society as a whole and uh, so, you know, it's like I'm not not necessarily, like I would never have an abortion, but you know what I'm not going to, you know, police what my neighbor does, but um, at the same time when you have all these clinics popping up like Circle K's or something, you know, that's a convenience store, um, it's, it's a little bit alarming, a little bit concerning, considering, um, well, I'll tell you what I feel about that. What I feel is that, you know, our great minds in history, like, uh, you know, Da Vinci, Tesla, uh, Einstein, uh, some of the greats today, even Elon Musk, Okay, these, these people wouldn't be around if, you know, their mother had an abortion, you know? So that's, that's my thought on it, is, is the fact that um, you're taking out brilliant minds at times with abortions. And these are the people, like we're all saying, save humanity, blah, blah, blah. Well, these are the great minds that are going to do it. It doesn't mean that somebody else is going to rise up. Um and take over that spot. There may not be nobody to fill those shoes because that genius has to reinvent the will, literally, in a certain sector 
in order to reach that. So the thing is, is that um, you need as many people as possible to actually figure that out. So that's my rationale behind it, um, is the fact that I think that every consciousness that comes into being is needed for the greater good. I mean, obviously, if you're not into the greater good, then it's not going to mean anything. But um, the thing is, is like abortion was actually legalized back in 73, Roe versus Wade. And there were a lot of Americans on the fence about this. They could not believe such a horrendous thing was actually imposed that, you know, you could go in and get an abortion whenever you wanted. And, you know, the, the, from, the, from the left's standpoint, they're like, well, what about this 13-year-old girl that got knocked up by her cousin's brother's uncle and now has to carry this child and... You know, is she going to have to go through painful birth and stuff of that nature? I'm not in those shoes, so I can't say. It's not my right to say. But this is one of the reasons why I was Democrat back in the days. Is because, uh, well, yes, I don't have any right over somebody else's body. But I do have a right over my own body and what I choose to do with it. So when I was asked that question when I was like 14, I mean, I'm here, you know, uh, trying to help the Democrat Party at the time. Dukakis was actually running for president that tells you about how old I am. Anyways, do the math. Please don't do the math. Anyways. Um, but at that period of time, I, I mean, it's a serious subject, especially serious since I was like 14 and not something that I wanted to answer because, you know, that's, that's just hard. I'm not in that situation. I'm not in that person's shoes. I don't want to answer that. And I have talked to girls over the years, girls that were happy that they kept their baby and felt that it was the best decision ever and they're glad that they chose life and then there are people who chose to have an abortion but you know the people that I've noticed that I've only known one person that I've personally met that was actually happy that she had an abortion and she was pretty much a psychopath so uh the rest of the women I talked to they were not happy that they had their abortion so I would say about 99% of the time um, that abortion's probably not going to make you the happiest camper ever because you're always going to wonder about who that relative was you killed off. Point blank. I know it's kind of harsh, but I don't know how else to say it. But anyways, this is not a program about abortion or pro-life or about choices that we make. At least not when it comes to abortions. Just something to think about. But anyways, so it's against, it was against these 35 Navy SEALs' rights to actually take this vaccine. So they're going to be losing their jobs. Just like the doctors and the nurses and, and other people have lost their jobs because of Joe Biden's debacle. And you might as well just call it his stupid mistake. Because uh, forcing somebody to take, or forcing a population to be inoculated against something that only affects 5% of the population is absolutely retarded. Let's just call it what it is. It's retarded. It's very special ed. Okay, is that better? Okay. Okay, now on to diabetes. I've wasted enough time talking about that. Um, I get into some very interesting heated topics sometimes uh, when it comes to diabetes. And I have talked to a couple of people. And... This is generally how I operate. I usually talk to people live. And um, 
I've talked to a lot of people that, that absolutely I would love to bring on air. Um, if I can figure that out, I'll have to work it out with my laptop and stuff. I've had one person agree that, you know, she'll come on. I had somebody else that, you know, just in casual conversation, uh, talking about diabetes and, and the effects of it. But what I find baffling is still how it is relatively unknown and how many people actually think that they're being their A1C is being checked when it might not be. So first signs that you might want to get checked is you have a family history of it. And especially if you're in your, your late 20s, 30s, 40s or older, if you have a family history, if you have a brother, sister, aunt, uncle, father, mother who have had diabetes, grandparents who've had diabetes, you might want to get checked out. So um, to me, this sounds you know pretty much mundane, but there are still people out there that do not realize that the A1C is pretty specific. I mean, your doctor lets you know that you're getting an A1C test taken. You know, any doctor can say you're going to get your blood tested, but if they don't have any reason to suspect that you might have um, uh, high high blood sugar, then they're not going to check for it. So, like, if you checked off on because they usually have the little boxes that you check, and it's like your parents. Uh, like, did your parents ever have diabetes or whatnot? I mean, because also another thing is, is your parents may not have known. and Maybe they died early and there was an unknown cause and they didn't know. Then this, there's a reason to actually get your A1C checked. So, um, blood sugars are fairly common, despite the the myth that they, they weren't. Because even just 10 years ago, most people didn't even know if they had high blood sugar or not because doctors didn't regularly test for it. It was just kind of like a hit and miss the doctors. The doctors would either test you or they wouldn't. And so, of course, that's how I found out is because I had a good doctor who just randomly tested me for it. And uh, when he came back with bad news, he told me I was pre-diabetic. And, of course, I wanted to get that eradicated immediately or at least get on board with some type of plan so that I wouldn't have to suffer the consequences of, for instance, lost limbs or my kidneys shutting down or having a heart attack or a stroke or whatever. I'm going to get on top of this, right? And that's one of the keys to actually living a good, healthy, long life is actually getting on top of the, the problem that you actually have not ignoring it. And so many times when I actually talk to somebody about diabetes, I kind of go over their heads a little bit because they're not ready for a conversation. All they got to do is mention diabetes and I got a whole spiel for them. I mean, I can sit there and talk to them for, oh my gosh, hours. I just have so much information. And, uh, you know, of course I, I tell, I think most people are more interested in the people that I talk to just on the streets, you know, casual conversations. They're more interested in my podcast and they think it's pretty cool that I have a podcast. I'm like, that's great and all, but I just have a lot to say. So, I mean, I have hours and hours and hours of podcasts and going into different subjects about diabetes and the consequences of diabetes and what you can do about diabetes. And, you know, of course, I try to focus on certain treatments and anything new coming out. Of course, I'm going to just lay it out in my podcast if I hear something new. But I guess what kind of disturbed me was the fact that there are so many people that are still 
Let's just call it ignorant to diabetes. And they think they're perfectly cool because their doctor hasn't told them that they have diabetes. Well, it's like, well, have you had an A1C read? And they usually go, well, what's an A1C? I'm like, that's how you know if you have diabetes or not. I'm like, oh, my doctor said I was fine. Okay. I've had doctors tell me that too. Walls pre-diabetic and didn't test my blood sugar, but okay. So get your A1C tested. Talk to your doctor about your A1C. This isn't a drug that I'm offering or anything. I'm just saying, check to see. Because you could have your lipid panel read perfect on everything, but your blood sugar could be out of control, which is true with my lipid panel. So they can't find anything out of whack right now. Like my cholesterol's fine, everything's fine, and I need to actually get a new lipid panel read reading anyways because I, I like to check it for myself. This is something that you can order from a laboratory. I have found also um, these neat little online docs. Like uh, there are laboratories, for instance, that actually have a doctor in-house so they can actually issue you this panel because usually you have to be referred by a doctor. So this is something that you can actually do on your own. It ranges in price. I've seen them as low as $39 all the way up to $159. So it depends on where you actually go. So. Um, of course, a little bit of finagling on your part, and you can actually find it. And I've actually actually talked about a couple of labs in a couple podcasts back. So I apologize. I can't, I can't even tell you which one it was. So I guess you're just going to have to listen to all the issues. But it's, it's better to catch it early so that you don't have complications. You can die a natural death instead of from diabetes causes so many so many complications you don't want to have to decide you know that um, you're just going to accept the disease and, and wait for something to happen because this is not I mean, we're talking about your life here and uh, let's say you love your job you don't want to have to decide you know how you're going to end up you know doing your job once your leg is amputated or your arm or whatever Usually it's the legs that are amputated or your toes. I mean, what a horrible way to go out of this world. Missing toes or missing limbs or whatnot. I mean, I I would assume everybody wants to keep their limbs, you know. So um, how how often do we take our feet for granted or our legs or um, the fact that we don't have like tingling and numbness in our fingers? And, And for a lot of diabetics, they do suffer from neuropathy which is uh, basically the shrinking of the blood vessels and uh, then you get the the tingling and numbing because blood cannot adequately get to all parts of the limbs. And so I did have this subject come up recently and it's something that I've actually talked about before. Um, I actually do recommend a couple of vitamins. One is a B complex that has the B12 in it. And the other one is the D3. So those two vitamins, along with your multivitamin, of course. Um, but but the D3 I take in liquid form, and the B complex with the supplement of B12 I take in liquid form as well. So uh, they consider that fast acting. And also there's like major vitamins in it. <laughs> so I mean, like it's it's super dosed. And uh, so I have found, like, for instance, I've been able to reverse neuropathy, which is pain uh, in the hands and the feet, 
which I've had like way back when, like 11 years ago. But can you believe I actually have better blood flow now? Um, almost near 50, okay? And I have better blood flow now than I did back in my 30s. Crazy, right? Oh, wait, wait, let me see. Yeah, yeah, it was my 30s. So, uh, my late 30s, I was actually diagnosed. So, there are things that you can take that'll actually stimulate that and repair it. And people don't often think about those things. But um, that's why you want to make sure that, you know, you have adequate blood circulation to your limbs so that you don't have to worry about losing a foot or losing your toes or your kidneys shutting down or having a heart attack or a stroke or whatnot. Because I'm telling you, if you can avoid the pain, avoid it and uh, do it with your supplements and do it with your food. Let food be your medicine. I got a topic on that as well. But um, one thing that I religiously have every morning, coffee is really good for you. And uh, way back when, and it depends on, on who you actually want to listen to, of course. Back in my father's days when he discovered he had diabetes. And so he was doing everything that he could uh, from the information that he had at the time to actually reduce his blood sugar as well. So one of the things I do remember him doing was going to the convenience store and having a cup of coffee. Now, he was from a Mormon background. So uh, being from a Mormon background, uh, they don't drink coffee. And so he had to go against the grain. And, of course, he ended up changing religions anyways because he's kind of like one of those Jack Mormons. And uh, so he'd have his coffee in the morning. He had, like... It probably equated to about two cups of coffee and then he'd go to work and that was his routine that he did. And that way he didn't, he, so he did, you didn't see the coffee pot in his house because it was still a little bit taboo to actually have a coffee pot. Uh, me as an adult, I have a coffee pot. Uh, you know, I'm not, not Mormon. I am literally not what they call LDS or Mormon. I am a born-again Christian, so I think a little bit differently about coffee. The, the church that I went to had a coffee pot in it, and uh, it was actually affiliated with AA, and AA is really big on coffee, and so that's where I had it, and um, I really liked that church. That's a really good church to actually go to, and <laughs> I'm not going to get into the church and stuff like that, but kind of weird it's like you went to an AA church I did and it was a really good church because um you dealt with real people dealt with real people didn't have a lot of money but they had a lot of love in their heart and I really liked that so um the world's not always about money okay so anyways but speaking about my coffee like every morning pretty much every morning there's some mornings I don't but um the reason why I'm bringing this up is because if you saw me drinking my coffee, it looks like I drink a lot of coffee and it's not necessarily true because I have this great big huge mug that I use and you know what I'm talking about. Everybody probably has one, but I only fill it up to where it's still just one cup. So it's only filling up about half the mug and uh, then the rest of it, you know, like I put some milk in there, which is not what my father did. He drank it black 
and he was told he needed a drink of black. I, I do put milk in there. Um, so I'll put a little bit of milk in there. I'll put a little bit of whipped cream. And the whipped cream does have like one gram of sugar, but it's only one gram. It's not going to kill you. And then I, I sprinkle it with um, Hershey's chocolate cocoa powder. I prefer the dark chocolate powder because that's really good for you. But just a little bit. I mean, it's just like a little sprinkling. So the reason why I'm bringing this up is because of the health benefits of coffee, uh, uh, of hot cocoa, and the fact that something just a tad bit sweet, such as the milk, which the milk has more sugar in it, by the way, than the whipped cream. Whipped cream barely has any. It's like really weird. But um, that can really brighten your day. So, I mean, if you're in coffee, I would seriously suggest it. But then I also put some ice in there. So I'll make like an iced coffee. And so even though um, I'm drinking just one cup of coffee, it looks like two cups because of the ice that I actually add to it. So it actually looks like I'm drinking a full cup of coffee when I'm not. So, and I try to limit that to about um, two cups of coffee a day, but you're probably fine with four if you needed four cups of coffee. I just try to try to keep it around two so that if I do go over, then it's like three or four, and then I'm still within that range. Oh yes, and before I forget, I should have mentioned this towards the beginning, so I'll go ahead and mention it now so that I don't forget, but, um, with the Biden administration, they have made absolutely no religious exemptions towards the vaccine. This is how you know that Biden's a criminal, by the way. But anyways, back to the podcast. So, um, yeah, coffee is important. And some may say, well, you put milk in there and that's too much sugar. It's going to knock you out of ketosis. Oh, yes. And I do put MC- MCT oil in there, which is medium chain triglyceride. Um... Yeah, it's true. I do put milk in there. Um, hopefully it's not enough milk to actually knock me out of ketosis. I have like the keto strips, which I've, you know, that's debatable too. Some people say they work. Some people say they don't. They've worked for me. Um, and drinking my coffee, at least according to my strips, is not kicking me out of ketosis in the morning. So there's always that. Okay. So, and my blood sugars are fine. So, I mean, obviously something's working. So, if you haven't already, go have that nice, delicious cup of coffee that you have brewing in your coffee pot. And enjoy the aroma. And as you're sipping it, just enjoy the taste and go, ooh, ah. And also, you know, a lot of people who listen are caretakers of diabetics. So... There's just some people who are diabetics who just are, do a horrible job taking care of themselves. So oftentimes they enlist their relatives or family members, or, you know, their smarter family members, I should say, or their wives or their husbands or whatnot to uh, actually help them with this disorder. And you guys are amazing. You're like most of my audience. So you're the caretakers of those who take care of other diabetics and how you can take care of them and uh and of course there's many different levels there are some things that i don't even talk about because i haven't experienced it yet so it's kind of hard you know like i haven't suffered any you know god forbid amputations or anything of that nature so i don't know how to make that job a little bit easier you're the person that i actually want to interview um especially if you're dealing with a hard knocks case where 
you know, you're dealing with either an elderly person with diabetes or they've had amputations or possibly kidney disease and uh, the experience of what you've gone through and what they've gone through. Because I don't have any information on that. So um, I kind of don't want information on that either, at least not through hard knocks. But um, at the same time, it might help others to know how you got through that. So um, one of the things is, is like, you know, every single, every single episode, I have this one advertisement on podcast, uh, on Anchor, which is who my, my main podcast sponsor is, Um, but where you can actually start your podcast and actually talk about this. Um, You could literally, if you're a caretaker, for instance, you can talk, and you know, as long as you have permission with the patient and stuff, maybe involve the patient in it, but you can have a podcast on what you're experiencing with the realm of diabetes. Because, you know, back when I started, you know, 11 plus years ago, almost 12 years ago now, um, there was relatively little, very little information besides what the Diabetes Association was actually saying. What the Diabetes Association was saying it was mainly good for your first day of finding out about diabetes but anything thereafter it was a load of garbage it was only it was irrelevant after that so I'm, I'm saying like uh, episodes on uh, um, I don't know maybe limb and like limb amputated and what life's like on a daily basis or um, kidney dialysis, what to expect. (laughs) Because unfortunately, these are topics that people go through. And um, if you think about it, uh, what you've learned can actually help somebody else. And, you know, if we have that kind of compassion where we take what we have learned and actually bring that forth to help others, I mean, maybe you might only have one viewer for the year, maybe two or five or 12 or whatever, but Acre's pretty good about getting it out to the rest of the world. I can guarantee you there's some like-minded individuals out of the seven billion, seven or eight billion people planet that's going to relate to what you have to say. And um, that could be very beneficial to mankind. You could be doing a great service for others. And all you got to do is talk into a podcast and say, well, you know, this is what I experienced and this is what I go through on a daily basis. <laughs> so just an idea, because I think that it would be amazing if, uh, and I mean, the podcast mania has exploded, mind you, there's all kinds of topics out there. There's topics where I wish I would have never started because somebody started a podcast, but they never finished it. We have like one episode and it was printed like last year or something like that. I'm here going, how do I go from 122 plus episodes and you only got like two? Come on, man. This is kind of like journaling or something. You know, this is kind of interesting. Anyways, so to my listeners out there, I want to thank you so much for listening to me ramble on forever about all kinds of topics that you may or may not agree with. And that's perfectly fine because, you know, I do uh, a little bit of political financial stuff. Um, but if you have any better ideas for me, I mean, my, my best source of information is from other people. So 
to reach out to me with what has worked for you, either financially or medically or whatnot, or you have some kind of breakthrough you want to share, please share it. If you want me to share it with the audience, I certainly will. So, um, that being said, I can't think of anything else to talk about. I was going to actually talk more about amputations, but realize that I literally have no experience with that. Except for the fact that we want to try to prevent it. Um, but you know, I am concerned about some people who have experienced it and how they experienced it. What the doctors found and stuff of that nature. So if, um, you've had that type of a diagnosis, please write in and tell me. And if you're okay with me and you're comfortable with me talking about it over the air, then I certainly will. If you don't want to start your own podcast, if you start your own podcast, just send me a link to your podcast because I'll just listen to it. All right. So, all right, audiophiles, I want to thank you so much for tuning in to Diabetes Aware. And um, you guys are the reason why I'm still on here and I'm still talking. So please like and share that. Um, not necessarily this episode. This episode kind of is not the best. But um, I do have other episodes on there that I've actually worked on. So just rambling on. And go ahead and share. And I hope that you have a great day. Please be nice to each other and do a good deed. Do something that makes somebody happy. All right. Thank you, Mark Coma Frequence. And I'll talk to you later. Thank you.